Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. For the month of September, Hey Bartender Podcast is asking for your donations. In remembrance of the tragic event that happened on September 11th, 2001, Hey Bartender Podcast is asking that you donate to the National September 11th Memorial and Museum. We all remember the tragic events of that day, and the National September 11th Memorial Museum is a dedication to the loved ones whose lives were lost in 2001 and in the 1993 attacks. Your donations will make it possible for future generations to see everyone at their darkest moment to their lightest. So head on over to the Hey Bartender Podcast Facebook page, find the donation button, and donate today. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm the dude. I'm your bartender for the evening. How's everybody doing tonight? You know what? I was just kicking back, relaxing, and all of a sudden I remembered, oh, I got a show to do. So let's start the show off with, like you ever, uh, like I choose to do every episode, we got to start off with the drink special. This drink special, I actually found out about it on the Fraternal Order of Bartenders Facebook page uh, from a bartender by the name of Darby Counts. She put up a video of these guys doing this drink, and I thought it was creative. I thought it was kind of cool. So, you know, Darby, thank you for uh, letting me borrow this, whether I've remembered to tell you I was going to do it or not. And this uh, drink we're going to talk about is called the Inception Bomb. It's called the Inception Bomb. It's, she says it's a house favorite where she bartends. How this drink is made, it's a drop shot. It's a three-level drop shot. Can you believe that? Okay, so I'm going to tell you how this uh, drink is uh, drank. And I want you to head over to the Hey Bartender podcast page and look for the video. I mean, you'll, you'll have to go through uh, quite a few memes, that uh, goof, those goofy memes that I post every single day. But uh, I want you to find the video of the way it looks because the way she makes it is she has a pitcher and two glasses balanced inside the pitcher and two shot glasses balanced inside one of those glasses. It's, I think that's how it works. But anyway, the, it's a drop shot on the top, uh, on the top shot is just a shot of Jack. They take the shot of Jack off and shoot it. And then, um, uh, a shot of Jaeger, falls into a Red Bull and then you uh, pull that off you take that shot and then it, there's a shot of peach schnapps that drops into the pitcher that on the bottom has orange juice and so you basically get a fuzzy navel and you just take one click slam take one click slam and then drink that uh, fuzzy navel all in one round you know there's you know don't be a pussy and just uh Take a shot, take a breather. Ooh, yeah, okay, next shot. No, just wham, wham, wham. It's insane. It's incredible. Very creative drink. Thank you, Darcy Counts, or Darby Counts. I apologize for saying your name wrong. I could edit that out, but I'm not going to. Darby Counts, thank you so much for telling everybody about this drink. And, you know, I hope other bartenders out there try it. And just remember, Darby Counts gave you that drink by way of Hey Bartender Podcast. So, on this show, I uh, I had a theme uh, all ready to go for this show, but I decided to start this theme off because I feel it's relevant um, with a little bit more on the purpose of tipping. I received an email from this guy, real nice guy, at least through emails, he seems to be a really nice guy. Uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Peter, if you're listening to the show, I'm not going to even attempt your last name because I don't want to, uh, I hate butchering last names. I hate butchering names, period. 
uh, that's part of the reason why when I was bartending, I'd say, Hey man, dude, what's up? You know? Um, but this gentleman lives in Spain and he emailed me, uh, about my, uh, the podcast a while back called the purpose of tipping. And this is what he says. I recently started listening to your podcast and I must say I'm really enjoying it. Thank God. While listening to your podcast about the purpose of tipping, I felt the need to share a little information. Knowledge, knowledge is useless unless you share it with others. So here I go. Like you said on the podcast, tipping is a gratuity thing. Tipping has always been there for a reason. However, tipping became more popular during the Great Depression, although most of the U.S. and the rest of the world at that was in financial ruin, most rich people were still rich. These wealthy people still went out to restaurants, bars, cabarets, showrooms, etc. They felt the need to maintain appearances. These establishments, of course, were used to pay, uh, were used to paying their distributors 30 to 90 days after the date of reception. But due to the depression, distributors no longer trusted that their clients were going to be able to pay them later. So ultimately, business owners preferred to keep their businesses alive and cater to the customers, but were not making enough money to please every aspect of their business. This meant cutting corners, playing, paying employees less, late or not at all, at least compensating them with a hot meal or a promise that they will be paid eventually. Of course, the service started to notice that they probably were never going to get paid the right amount, if at all. So the business owner had to come up with a way so that they would not be abandoned by their employees and the business have to close. These business owners started recommending to their customers to tip their waiters to get better treatment and service, seated without waiting, upfront seats, best cuts of meat, fresh fish, etc. This was in, uh, th this way employees were paid, the businesses stayed open and gained prestige, and customers would flash their wealth, everyone wins. Eventually, when the economy kicked back up, the wages were met, tipping stayed as the norm. It is true that in some states, restaurants are not obligated to pull, pay a full minimum wage, but that's because tipping became normalized in the hospitality industry. I personally appreciate a tip, but will not get mad if I am tipped badly or not at all. I believe that the hospitality industry and those of use, uh, I wonder if that was a typo, those of use that work in it are meant to be hospitable by nature. Tipping is just a nice gesture by a satisfied guest, but I personally believe we should be paid accordingly, and if we are tipping to share it with all in the house except management and administration because they already get paid higher wages and need to keep their employees happy, I, uh, I hope I have enlightened you a bit. I'll continue to listen with much pleasure. All the best, Peter. Peter, thank you so much for your input. Um, in most cases... On that, I agree with everything you said, uh, and I appreciate the history lesson because I think I was missing a lot of that stuff when I talked about the purpose of tipping, about the Great Depression and all that sort of thing. But um, you are 100% right when you said that uh, restaurants don't pay their employees full wages, even minimum wage when it comes down to it, because... Uh, the they find that tipping also is a part of their wage so that encourages the uh, server or bartender to claim their wages so the government can take their taxes from it and you know it's it's a source of income really and uh you know it's uh, I don't know if they treat you, uh, servers get treated differently or get paid better in Spain where you're from, but uh, here in America, the cost of living does not match up with the minimum wage. It's been proved many, many times, and anytime the minimum wage goes up, then the cost of living goes up, and then the minimum wage needs to go up. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible, uh, just domino effect i mean you pick one up next one falls down and it and we're ha uh, the whole world's economy is having an insanely hard time trying to keep up because the world needs 
bartenders and servers for now. I mean, you know, if we haven't ever end up in the days of Star Trek where they have replicators and you just walk up to the kiosk and say, tea, Earl Grey, hot, and then you get it, you don't have to tip anybody. But as long as this economy is the way it is, uh, or economics in general the way it is, uh, tipping will still have to be the norm. There are a lot of people out there, of course, that get mad and say, how come I have to pay two fifty for a drink and then tip the bartender? If I tip them a dollar, then technically I pay three fifty for the drink. So why don't you just charge me three fifty for the drink? And you know, bartending when you're a bartender, you've got to remind these people that it is a nice gesture. It is gratuity. But uh, some of us uh, can't live on minimum wage alone here in the United States, at least and still afford a crappy apartment or make a car payment. Or if I'm, I'm thinking I'm mentioning things right now as a single dude, but uh, if you're say a single parent and you have kids to take care of and your work schedule has to coincide with your kids' school schedules and it's uh, it becomes, you have to be a server because uh, there aren't many businesses out there that work those hours that, uh, you know, that will allow you to work nine to five. And so you can still pick up your kids uh, at school or drop them off at a proper time at school or, you know, and then if you have to work nights, then you got to afford childcare. If you don't have relatives that they can hang out with for a few hours or something like that, it it's, uh, it's crazy. And, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different perspectives and things. I've seen a lot of bartenders do fairly well and make a really good living, and but they were really careful with their money. Bartenders like me were not. I mean, I averaged a pretty good amount of tips every night, but I was stupid. I spent my take-home pay. There were a few bartenders that I've met that, were a little bit smarter with their money, but still managed to only squeak by making their apartment uh, apartment rent and buying groceries and, you know, affording their kids clothes. I mean, it was, you know, once in a while I sit back and think, how did she do that? Or how did he do that? I don't know. But the big thing, this is, this is a huge subject that I've decided to talk about today, especially when it comes to tips. Uh, the big thing, like I said, minimum wage can only take you so far. Minimum wage does not cover cost of living expenses. And we're talking about rent. We're talking about food. We're talking about clothing. So you gotta, uh, so the bartenders and servers, we all try to play nice. And I mean, I know I was never the type of person that uh, would go overboard with the gigantic smile and the 37 pieces of flair on my shirt. Bullshit. I'm not doing that. But uh, when emergencies come up and bartenders and servers in the United States, we do not have health insurance. That is a huge deal. And if we don't have health insurance, then we're uh, obligated to, you know, we have to go to the doctor for whatever reason, then we're stuck with a ginormous hospital bill for whatever had to be fixed, whatever pills you had to get. Because medicine in the United States is expensive. Doctors in the United States are expensive. Sure, they went to school for eight eight years just so they could figure out how to repair an artery or something like that. So maybe these procedures and all of that equipment that they have, that all does need to be uh, need to be charged in order to use it because it's expensive equipment. But bartenders, servers, cooks, lend me your ears. Sorry, I just felt like saying that. Um, Bart, uh, your health is the most important thing that you've got to take care of in order to be a bartender or server, work in the service industry in general. 
Because if you're not operating at at least 80%, your quality of service goes down and your customers notice that right away. I mean, I, I've gone into work with uh, allergy problems. I've gone into work with the flu and, you know, constantly washing my hands and running, uh, running back into the storeroom so I can blow my nose or hawk up something that really, you know, like a rubber ball. Uh, but I apologize to people if that grossed you out. But here, you know, but bart- uh, bartenders and servers, we have to work because we don't get paid sick leave. We don't even get vacation pay. We just have to keep working and we have to keep at it. And we try to be creative. Okay, I want to take the kids to Disneyland next year. So what do I have to do? Budget. Okay, so uh, so that's uh, uh, 245 shifts away. So if I save $20 every shift, then I can afford a trip for me and the kids to Disneyland. But I cannot be sick during all of those days. Okay, I'll just, you know, have to pack up on vitamin C. I'll have to, you know, uh, take supplements. And, uh, you know, that's, there's a lot of stuff you cannot foresee. And, uh, and it's unfortunate. But some of the fun things uh, that you got to watch out for yourself when you're working in the service industry. With no proper medical care, you can't go in for checkups. You can't go in for physicals. So you just kind of have to go with the flow and whatever happens to you happens to you and hope that Advil or aspirin or Tylenol will uh, make you feel better by the next day. So you'll, uh, as bartenders and servers, how many can relate that you went to work with a cold or the flu, but still trudged on through your shift the best you could? Uh, working on uh, sprains or pulled muscles, pull, you know, messed up backs because you uh, decided to, no, uh, your uh, manager decided it was a good idea to put kegs on a shelf, the fucking idiot. And you decided to try to lift that, uh, that keg onto that shelf yourself to get it to the spout and you wrecked your back. All right. What do you do? You, uh, you know, you got it. You're going to end up having to take a day off because back injuries, muscle strains, sprains, they'll make you old before your time. And you don't want that to happen because you need to keep working. I mean, how many of you bartenders and servers out there have worked in pain or just under the weather? Cause you knew you had to work. You knew you had to get out there to make money. It wasn't an obligation. It was a need. And so what do you do if, you know, all of a sudden you're like, I'm not, uh, the Tylenol is not cutting it. Uh, I need something better than Benadryl. Uh, I got to go see a doctor. And so the doctor will, uh, might give you the meds that you need. They're going to cost a fortune. But in most cases, but okay, that takes away from the Disneyland trip. But you know, it uh, you need to take time off from your job in order to go see the doctor because if you work uh, all day shifts, so do the doctors. Unless you're lucky enough to know where a free clinic is or a urgent care facility of some kind, and but that's very common. There was this one bartender that I knew, a uh, friend of a friend. I guess she was closing the bar one night, and uh, while she was doing her thing, she spotted a possum, a possum, just peeking its head around the bar. Scared the living shit out of her. She jumped over the bar and landed on the other side and completely shattered her ankle. Completely. And, uh, so that's going to be a high medical expense, but luckily she, I, I think the story is right. If she happens to be listening, I'm sorry if I get this story wrong. Luckily, I think her husband had insurance, so it was able to be taken care of at reasonable expense. However, 
she had to miss work because you can't work on a shattered ankle, especially if after you hit the floor, all your uh, bartending friends come up to you and go, are you okay? And you say, I'm fine. Give me a beer. And then you drink a little bit thinking that you just sprained your ankle, but then you go to the hospital. Doctor says, no, you shattered your ankle and there's nothing we can do about it while you have alcohol in your system. So here's a pro tip, people. If you end up hurting yourself at the bar where you think you're going to need to go to the doctor, don't reach for a bottle the first thing because the doctors can't do anything with you because uh, you got alcohol in your system and your blood's not able to clot properly. You know, a bunch of other medical terms. I'm not a doctor. I just watch a lot of TV. Funny thing that happened after that story, though, is uh, they painted a mural in that bar. Uh, I'm sure there was dedications all over that thing, but they felt the need to memorialize the possum walking behind the bar just because of that incident where the bartender jumped over the bar and shattered her uh, shattered her ankle. I thought that was a hilarious thing to do. And obviously she had a good sense of humor about it. But don't let that scare you. I'm not going to say the name of the bar because it's actually a really nice place. And possums in Oregon, they, uh, they wander everywhere. They're just looking for something to eat. And uh, she prob- I think she thought it was just a big-ass mouse. Uh, well, yeah, just remember that when you're in Oregon and you see a big ass mouse about the size of a cat, it's not a mouse. It's a possum. Another, uh, thing that happens to bartenders majority that could be potentially bad for you is what is referred to as bar rot. Now what bar rot is, is the chemical reaction that happens between citrus fruit and your fingers. And it just kind of eats away at the skin on your fingers and get makes them all tender and it hurts and um and uh it gets to the point where i've seen some bartenders who don't open up their uh condiment tray without putting a rubber glove on i mean uh and that's not really something that you need insurance for but it's something that you need to look out for and uh because you're most of the day you're cutting lemons, you're cutting limes, or you're throwing a lemon or lime in some drink, and you're handling food a lot, not to mention washing your hands constantly. And it uh, it can wear down on your hands and your skin. And uh, that's when your hands and your skin, well, your skin is there for a reason, you know, uh, from what I'm told on, I think I'll... uh, I think it was like house, maybe mash. I don't know. Uh, your skin's there for a reason. If all of a sudden you're starting to get open sores from all that citrus fruit that's just basically boring its way through your fingers, uh, you're more prone to infection. And, uh, of course, we're wiping tables all the time. We're picking up other people's glassware. We're picking up broken glass in some cases. Yeah, I, I mean, it happens. And you don't want things like that to slow you down. That uh, that just sucks. And so when it comes to bar rot, I mean, I majority of the time I was like almost the uh, stereotypical bartender where after I serve a drink, I stand there and talk to the person for a few seconds and wipe my hands with a sanitary rag. And you know, I use uh, I'd use that all the time. The, uh, the The rag would be next to me on the bar. I didn't throw it over my shoulder or anything like that, but I would use the sanitary rag and just uh, wipe my hands with it and say, Hey, what's going on? Oh, really? How's wife and kids? And you know, they move on or, but then you get those busy nights where you can't wipe your hands every eight, 10 seconds. But you know, that's just a tip from somebody who doesn't know any better. Next up on the potential, uh, agenda for bartenders that, uh, need health insurance, stress, anxiety. That is probably the biggest one. And it affects everybody. I'm sure that the people that are listening to this podcast right now, they all are shaking their heads going, oh God, yes, stress and anxiety. And here's where it comes down to. Stress and anxiety uh, comes from the job. Every job in this world has a form of stress and anxiety. And uh, at least every job I can think of at this point in time, but uh, they, um, but you know, 
you get those assholes that say, hey, you get a job that you enjoy. You never work a day in your life. Oh, fuck him. But um, stress and anxiety go hand in hand in the food service industry, in my opinion, because you're taking food orders. You're putting the food orders and making sure that the food order is right so that the cook can get started on it. And if the, uh, the cook hopefully gets to it at a good amount of time, it doesn't sit underneath the hot lamps too long. So you can get it out to the customer and tell the customer, here's your food. Is there anything else I can get you? Oh, you want ranch. So I got to run all the way back to the uh, food service cart, get the ranch, bring it back to him. Is there anything else? Oh, you just drank all your Coca-Cola. Okay, I'll go get you another one. All while serving 10 other tables. And I, I don't care who you are. You could be the most mellow person in the United States. And you're still going to get stressed out. Your heart rate level is going to go up. And uh, it's, you're going to be a mess by the end of the day, both mentally and physically. And uh, the bartender, you know, if they're a good bartender, they'll try to help you out. Most, except in my case, my servers help me out most of the time because I constantly forgot that uh, I took a food order. And my servers, thank you, Jennifer, Hattie, uh, my, uh, food, my servers would bring out my food for me because I'd constantly forget about it because I was always behind the bar and I couldn't see the kitchen. But, uh, you know, the, the stress of making sure everything is just right so that the customer is satisfied. Oh, man, that's just, that, that's an extreme form of uh, stress and then not to mention working with certain bosses I had some cool bosses and I had some really uh, big asshole bosses the uh, one of the biggest stress days uh, now one boss I had he was really nice guy genuinely friendly but I got mad because there was a water line uh, that blew up that took out the water to the restaurant and he still insisted that the the restaurant stay open. I, I was like, how can we run a restaurant with no water? Nobody can use the bathroom. I can't serve a lot of drinks. Uh, we can't sanitize all the dishes. And he goes, well, here's what we're going to do about that. You're, the nail salon across the way is going um, to let us use uh, their water. So just... Uh, every so often, run over there with two five-gallon buckets, fill them up, bring them back so we can wash dishes. And I was like, oh, dear God, that's a lot of work. And it pissed me off because, uh, I mean, sure, if I would have, if I probably would have complained either way. He was he, he was in a no-win no scenario. Um, I, I probably would have complained that I wasn't going to make money that day because the bar was closed. But I was more scared that OSHA might come in and say, so, you have no water. How are you keeping everything sanitized? And then end up with a huge fine and the restaurant closes completely. I didn't want that to happen. It, the restaurant was basically my home. So I you know, I got mad because there was a lot of things that could have gone wrong that thankfully did not go wrong that ended up losing our food license, liquor license, and, or the building altogether. That day stressed me out bad. We didn't get water back in uh till about 10 that night and it was uh and when we got the water back uh some of the smaller pipes inside the restaurant blew up and I had to tend to that too. And I did a shit job because I know nothing about plumbing and all I did was just shut off the valve and just say um can somebody go over to the other side to the other soda fountain and get me a uh get me a pitcher full of Coca-Cola so I can make two dozen rum and Cokes or, you know, or the beer beer was uh, flowing just like anything. As long as you got compressed air behind those kegs, beer was just fine. But without water, that was a stressful day. And funny thing about that, uh, later on this time, it didn't stress me out that bad. Um, because, uh, the first time when we didn't have water, uh, the owner just said, well, got to go pick up my kid later and ran out the door. This uh, couple weeks later, we had no power. Uh, you know, there was a transformer that blew up. And so the 
uh, we had no power to the restaurant. So the video poker machines didn't work. And, uh, you know, the pumps for the, uh, the, the soda fountain, uh, they didn't work. And so I, I basically, all I did was just sit on top of the bar and I was just like, screw this. Cause at that point in time of my day, uh, the, the power was only out for maybe an hour, hour and a half into my shift. That point in time in my day, it was just regular customers that came in for a couple beers before they went home uh, to go have dinner. And But I lost a, quite a few customers because not one of our video poker machines were running. And, uh, you know, it wasn't because they tip whenever they win because they hardly won. But, uh, you know, it's just losing customers that you know unfortunately when it comes to tipping when you see a customer uh do a big huff and turn around and walk away you feel like you just lost money and uh the bar yeah it loses money because they didn't get their business you know those uh like the one couple that uh his wife was a big video poker player and uh you know he would have a random drink he'd just hear about something like a uh, the guy, was, I don't know, was he like 60 years old or something like that? Uh, and he heard about a vodka Red Bull, so he wanted to try it. And I was well, uh, not many people your age want to try it, but here you go. And his wife, all she did was drink insanely cheap wine and uh, play video poker. That's all she wanted to do. And so they did, ended up not coming in that night and because there was no video poker machine. He, they didn't really like uh, like to eat there all that much. Sometimes they'd have an occasional sandwich, but uh, yeah, when they left, it was money lost. So that the stress on that, uh, you know, when you see we have no water, we when you see we have no electricity, uh, or even worse, you know, other things that cause stress. Uh, we're going to be one person short. How many? how many people out there just got a tingle up their spine when they heard that phrase uh, or, you know, just the stress of it all can get to you, which leads to anxiety and anxiety, stress and anxiety. It, uh, they kind of go hand in hand in my mind. I'm not a psychotherapist or of any kind. So, but stress and anxiety kind of go hand in hand because if you experience stress too much, then anxiety starts to take over. And then the anxiety happens where it becomes hard to get out of bed or hard to walk in the door to start your job or a certain comes a certain person comes in and you're like, oh shit, I have to deal with that person today. I don't want to deal with that person today. And, you know, anxiety and stress can pay a toll on your health in the long run. So, you know, that's probably why bartenders and servers get together after shift and have a drink. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of restaurants will give any uh, server or bartender a shifter at the end of their drink. Most of the time, the bartenders are out of luck because we're not supposed to serve alcohol after closing time. But, you know, go home, buy a 12-pack on the way home, maybe invite a couple friends over, listen to some music, BS for a little while. It's a good time. Good stress reliever. Speaking of stress reliever, why don't we just listen to a little bit of music? But first, I'd like to remind all you people, head on over to HeyBartenderPodcast.com and help support the show by visiting there, pick up a t-shirt, whatever, and uh, check out the blog and uh, check out the occasional drink if I remember to update it. And, you know, just go there, leave a comment, or, you know, just have a little bit of fun. Until then, let's play a little bit of music. From Los Angeles, California, we have the song Heaven Moves by Dear Boy.
From Los Angeles, California, that was Dear Boy with their single, Heaven Moves. If you want to find out more about them, do what I do. Head on over to Bandcamp.com and search out Dear Boy. They've got other songs that are just great. Uh, Their description on their uh, webpage on Bandcamp.com says they're a bittersweet alternative rock with roots in both post-punk and 90s British guitar pop. Yeah, I think they pretty much hit it on the head right there. If you want to find out more about upcoming songs coming out or their uh, where they're playing next, head on over to bandcamp.com and they'll give all the information you'll need. Back to the subject of talking about potential, yeah, I couldn't speak, potential health problems for any bartender or server. I mean, we've talked about no proper, proper medical care, working on sprains through flu, bar rot, stress, anxiety. There's also the, you know, the uh, stuff that could be considered illnesses that... I consider it a little bit fun Uh, and some a little tedious. The lightest of all of them uh, is obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, You know, some of these things I shouldn't joke about, but I'm going to. Uh, Obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, bartenders and servers, tell me something. If you have a wad of cash in your hands and you're at home, and you're counting them down and see that one of them is not facing the right direction, do you feel the need to fix that immediately? Is it upside down? Is it facing south instead of north? Or if somebody gives you a wad of cash, you hand over, you know, you go to the, go to the local corner store and they hand you three ones and one of them's not facing the right direction. Does that drive you nuts? That's right. Obsessive compulsive disorder when it comes to uh, the stuff that we do every day as bartenders and servers. Yeah, that some of that stuff will drive us absolutely insane. You won't uh, yell at the guy at the corner store for giving you a wad of cash that's all in different uh, going different directions, but you will feel the need to fix it immediately. And that's just the easy stuff. And, uh, you know, things, I don't know, maybe some of you people might have problems with, uh, you go to a bar that's not your own, you're sitting on the customer side and you see one bottle that the label's not facing forward or, you know, it, there could be thousands of things. Um, I care. That's right. Along with medical expenses, uh, we don't have the money to afford proper eye care. And, you know, we work in the dark and some of us prefer to wear, well, would prefer to wear contacts over glasses, just, just whether it's vanity or whatever, but we don't have, usually have the money to cover the cost, especially the eye exam. And trust me, some of those eye exam places that say, hey, free pair of glasses with an every eye exam, those places are not worth a shit. Let me tell you, you know, I mean, you put on their glasses and then you notice halfway through your shift, you're getting a splitting headache. When you don't wear the glasses, you're just fine. It, and, you know, I mean, you get what you pay for with that sort of thing. Now, hopefully I don't get sued by any of those companies. That's why I'm not going to mention any of them. But just be aware, people, when it comes to eye problems, some customers may be cuter than they actually are. Next <laughs> up. Uh, the need to hit people in the back of the head for being stupid. Yes, violent tendencies. I mean, sure. Uh, I mean, you you've got a completely packed bar. You're uh, and this one person is dying for your attention, waving their arms. Maybe they even go as far as throwing a coaster at you, and you come within millimeters of wanting to go over there and smash their face on the bar. Or you're pouring a beer and all of a sudden the keg pops. You go into that walk-in freezer, grab that keg, and the adrenaline's going, and you throw it up on the shelf that the for some reason the manager thought was a good idea, as if it was nothing. Hulk smash! That's what I mean. Violent tendencies. I mean, because it goes along with the stress and anxiety. I mean, we're throwing drinks as fast as we possibly can, trying to keep people happy, trying to give people the attention 
they deserve, not what they need, and then something just sets you off. Which comes up to my next uh, medical problem, Tourette's. Now, Tourette's syndrome, I actually know, is not what I think it is, but what I think it is, is funny. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. You, uh, thank you, George Carlin, for that list. Any of those words could be spouted at, um, spouted at any point in time. And you say them a lot just because everything is starting to get on you late that night. Everything's getting frustrating. You can't get out to the floor to bust the tables because there's so many people asking for drinks. Things are dirty. Uh, the keg pops. And like you have no choice but just all of a sudden yell, FUCK! And just fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck, fuck this, fuck that. And, you know, it just, it becomes the word of your vocabulary. And it can, you know, in most cases, the word fuck can be, uh, is a verb. But when you start to use it as a noun, adjective, adverb, um, well, you have to say fuckly and that sounds really stupid, but you use it in every for, uh, form possible in the English language. And, you know, for some reason, yelling, swearing makes you feel better. I mean, it's shit. Uh, I'm, well, that wasn't make, uh, saying shit right there didn't make me feel better. It was just gratuitous, pretty much. But, hey, that also reminds me, I was reading a, uh, a post on uh, uh, Facebook. Somebody put on there that they were worried they were going to go working at a country club. And... They had to watch their language while they were working there. It was a rule of the country club. And she was seeking advice from other bartenders. What do I do to keep from doing it? And everybody was saying, go into the walk-in freezer, scream it in there, or, you know, jab yourself in the leg with the flint, uh, with a spork. Or, you know, they're giving her all sorts of advice like that to try to keep, you know, keep herself from swearing. My only advice is, if you're in a situation where you can't say fuck, don't say frickin'. You're better than that. And finally, this is uh, this affects everybody just because we get so busy. We get uh, you know other things in our mind. We got to go get another bottle. Got to change out the keg. We got to restock. We got to you know side work. You, know, you got to get your side work done. Memory loss. Yes. Memory loss is a thing and will happen to you at the bar. It goes like this. Hey, you random customer that you've um, been serving for the last six months and you should know his name, but it's just, hey, you and things that happen to you that the boss will accuse you of being lazy, not getting all your side work done. Not wrapping all the fucking silverware. Not restocking the condiments. I mean, or all of the condiments. You might get a couple of them in, but you you might have forget you might forget one or two. And that can you know that I attribute up to stress, anxiety, and turns into memory loss. So, what do you think? I'm not a doctor. But those are, that's my diagnosis of working in the service industry, the hospitality industry. And to go back and uh, reiterate what was said earlier, bartenders and servers out here don't make enough money to get proper medical benefits. And things like everything I've talked about, probably with the exception of OCD, Tourette's, and all that sort of thing, uh, we don't really have the money to take care of ourselves properly. So... I'm going to leave you here with the piece of advice. Leave this conversation with one quick piece of advice. In the movie, Santa Claus, Santa fell off the roof and died and was immediately replaced by Tim Allen. So take care of yourselves because you're easily replaceable. Even Santa Claus was easily replaceable. Remember, take care of yourselves. Get a proper amount of sleep. Try to eat okay. Because, uh, let's face it, as bartenders and servers, we don't all eat perfectly. Look at all shit. Who does in this world? I, I, you need the proper diet. Well, fuck you. You know, your job, You, uh, a doctor's job, they're able to show up to work at 9, so they're able to have a well-balanced breakfast. They're able to take a break 
between 12 and 1 and have a decent lunch and not have to run for fast food, and they're home by 6 o'clock and sit down and have a beautiful dinner with their family. Fuck them. Anyway, that's the end of the show for today. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I hope I didn't go too far. I hope there's some people out there that aren't currently studying medicine that are ready to pounce on me for not having the correct diagnoses for any of this stuff or not understanding medicine at all. Of course I don't understand medicine. I never went to medical school. So, with that... Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's one more thing that you have to kind of watch yourself. STDs. That's all I'm going to say. You know who you are. Anyway, I'd like to thank all my followers on Facebook. Thank you for indulging me when I screw around and I get bored and put song lyrics. I absolutely loved it when I posted that song by They Might Be Giants and some people joined in and played along with me. Really love that. Special thank you to Darby Counts for the Inception Bomb Drink. That was an amazing creation. I hope you're the one that created it. And remember, people, get on to the Hey Bartender Podcast Facebook page. You might have to sift through a couple of the goofy memes and things that I've posted on there. But take a look on how it's made. It is impressive, and I bet you will sell tons of them. Also, special thanks to Dear Boy for letting me use their song, Heaven Moves. Remember, if you want to go check them out, go check them out on bandcamp.com. All their information is available there, including dates when they're playing next. Also, I want to thank Peter. Uh, I'm not going to say your name, uh, uh, your last name. I just can't do it. But thank you for taking the time to send me an email. If you want to email me any questions, thoughts, or uh, concerns, email me, the dude at dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. And if you want to be on the show, all you have to do is ask. If you're a music group and you want to be featured on this show, once again, all you have to do is ask, and we will make it happen. Unfortunately for Peter, uh, I wasn't able to make it happen for him. because I did offer him a chance to be on the show, but unfortunately he lives in Spain, and I don't have the proper equipment in order to do international calls cheaply. So, sorry about that, Peter. I would have loved to have you on the show, but uh, I couldn't afford it. Uh, I mean, this is a up-and-coming podcast. I don't have any sponsors yet, hopefully. But, um, you know, maybe one of these days I'll keep your email in my file. Maybe we'll make it happen. Anyway, that's it for our show today, ladies and gentlemen. I want to uh, remind all of you, like I do every show... Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. Felt so good, I had to blow a camp. I said, hey, bartender.